Well, I guess what goes around comes around. Hey, folks. Yeah. So as you can tell, um, Carrie has all the power over this live stream tonight. Um, if you haven't already figured it out, uh, the title of tonight's live stream is Chris and Carrie talking with Tim Hovitz. Now, you may be asking, uh, well, first of all, who am I? Who is this guy on your screen? Well, hello, everybody. It's Chris here from the Stop Cafe in Beer, Alberta. And your next question may be, who is Tim Hovens and why is he on the Chris and Carrie show? Well, uh, Tim is a fella from uh, the Rimby Rocky Mountain House uh, CA, and he is intending to challenge the incumbent MLA in that area, Mr. Jason Nixon. Interesting, right? Independents don't usually get a lot of airtime. They don't make the media. Um, they seem to oftentimes get largely ignored. But in this case, something's different. And the something different is the people in that CA have spoken very loudly that they are not happy with their uh, current UCP nominee uh, for the, the upcoming election to run as their MLA against the uh, other parties. So Tim, who was actually disqualified by the UCP vetting committee or whatever it is last year uh, for a years-old social media account that he's never used, um, has decided he's not going to back down. He's not going to stop. He's not going to allow the, you know, this, this corrupt power hungry structure to keep a good candidate out of the political arena in his area because he is a good guy and he wants to do some good things. He has some really good ideas and I think he'd be, uh, the, the people in that CA would be blessed to have him. So I guess if Kerry ever decides to come on, um, he can help me out. In the meantime, I will just break out my trusty... Uh, oh, it's Kerry! I was just I was, about to play solitaire. Back, I, well, nice. I was getting back to you yesterday because you put me on the screen and I had no idea what was going on. And again, I'm not even sure how that worked yesterday, but whatever was on the screen prior that I saw here on, on the main screen was not on what I was seeing on uh, the Facebook feed. It was it was weird. I'm not quite sure what the issue was. But anyways, it's, sure. it's Carrie from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta, and I am in Northwest Calgary in my parents' basement. Nice. <laughs> So you know why things are weird? It's because we're being hacked. Obviously, it's being we're being hacked by the Illuminati. That's the only. That's the only logical. Uh, it has nothing to do with you trying to put a graphics card into your computer and breaking. No, nothing. Hi, Illuminati. No. Hi. <laughs> Must have been that. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I've. I've got the controls here, and uh, if, if you've seen how disastrous I've done the APP webinars and uh, and screwed up on certain things, They're actually, I've, I've done pretty good. Um, but I seem to screw up when we're trying to go through the, the testing process. Anyways, so I've got the power so I can turn off Chris at any moment. And Carrie, I, you turn me off. You turn me off every time you put on those shorts. How did I know you were going to say something? Hey, I, I'm wearing that shirt again. I'm wearing nice. the Alberta shirt. I think, I think I'm going to wear that on every single live now. And so it's just going to be a staple and maybe I'll even put my name on it. I'll put Chris Scott on it, something like that. So look what I'm doing here. What are you doing? I have no I'm idea. On Facebook. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And I'm bringing up the Chris and Carrie show because, as a participant and not as the master of the Streamyard Streamyard ah, universe, I, I can't comment. You are correct. That's exactly right. And I, so yeah. I'll have to comment on here. Okay. 
So I think with, without further ado, I know Tim is uh, waiting in backstage and we should bring him out. So welcome. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for the invite tonight, guys. <laughs> it's our awesome. pleasure. Mine anyway. Can't speak for Terry. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure when I don't get to look at Chris all the time. <laughs> so you've had uh, quite the year, I would imagine. It's been an interesting year. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot of uphill battles, uh, quite a few small victories, yeah. a lot of setbacks. Yeah. As I think back to the past year, the, the most amazing part is just the number of people I've met. And I'm sure both of you guys feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. The, I thought you were actually yeah. talking about your farm. <laughs> it's an uphill battle, some small victories. You know? oh, well, that's, that's agriculture every day of the year, not Everything. just in politics. Yeah. yeah. Just the the people that I've had the chance to meet and work with over the last year, just amazing people who love this province, and they are willing to do, they're willing to go the distance to make this place uh, uh, the best place on the planet. Yeah, that's awesome. So, big question: How did you even get involved in politics, or why why are you even involved? But before that, oh, before that, before that, yes. who are you? <laughs> who are you, Tim? Well, He's obviously like a farmer. People, I'm just, I'm just a simple farmer from Eckville, Alberta. Yeah. Um, I was, my wife and I've been married for 30 years this summer. We've got eight children. Wow. I've been farming full time my, uh, just about my entire adult life. Yeah. And 2017, I ran for municipal council here in Clearwater County. I was elected and served four years on council. And I'm a former Reeve of Clearwater County as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, the story gets a little more interesting, though, about uh, 14 months ago when we heard that Mr. Nixon was going to have his nomination open here in the constituency. We talked to a few people and people were unhappy with his style of leadership. They were unhappy with how he's connecting to his residents, his constituents. And we decided that it was time for me to to challenge him. Mm -hmm. So we put together a team, um, filed my papers, and in about... 12 days we had sold uh well we really don't know exactly but before the nomination battle started there were 581 memberships and by the time we got the membership list about eight 14 18 days later they were up to 1800 memberships wow so That's we amazing. had our team was just an amazing team and when we finally got that membership list we looked at all the numbers we looked at our supporters and we knew we had enough people to win that nomination. Wow. So we, we sat down. We're like, okay, how do we make sure these people get out to the voting stations? And we got an email and I was disqualified. Why? They don't like farmers, I guess. Well, that, that could be. Well, that governments really don't like farmers because we're troublemakers. Yeah. But really what it came down to, there were three main reasons. Yeah. The first one was I had a Gab account. Back in 2015... When Twitter was kicking conservatives off, uh, people were saying, go to Gab, get an account. So I set up an account and it always says, follow some people so you have some activity, right? Yeah. So I just click, click, clicked and followed the 10 people they said. They were all pro-Trump people because that's the only people who were on Gab. Yeah. When I had to send in my application to the UCP, I gave my all my social media accounts because you can't hide anything. If they find it, they're going to accuse you blind. Yeah. So I put this inactive Gab account. And we were disqualified because 
there were white nationalists on Gab, and I must be a white nationalist if I have a Gab account. Wow. But the real reason was I was anti-Kenny. I was out telling people to buy a ticket to go to the SGM and vote yeah. no. Yeah. And they did not want to have a, um, what's the right word? I'll just say an anti-Kenny person. Yeah. Running for I the think team. you were more of a, a, a pro-responsible government person than an well, anti-Kenny person. I'm more pro-democracy people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. We, what happened these last three years, um, it just, it's traumatizing to people. You know, my, we weren't able to go see my grandmother's funeral or my wife's grandmother's funeral because I think there was a 10 person limit at that time. Yeah. Luckily, we had a very good funeral service who hired a bunch of family members to help with the funeral service to get nice. more people inside the church, yeah. which was very nice. That's the way to get around things. It is, but you shouldn't have to get around things I, like that. I agree. Right. When we you should have, have government to sneak around me and have meetings under the cover of darkness. Yeah. Exactly. You know, government policy should be here to make our lives better, yeah. not to traumatize us and split families. And uh, yeah, this one is, they're going to be looking at this for a long time in the future, yeah. trying to figure out how the hell it got so bad so fast and how people just complied with it. That's the yeah. big. That's the major question. Why? Why did people comply so fast? Well, it, you know, I can answer it. Sure, Chris. That's what, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we're taught to do. We're taught to follow the rules and comply oh. and go along to get along and keep calm and carry well, on. You know, listen, like this. listen to the leaders, listen to your elders, listen to the people in charge. Yada yada yada. Yep. Right. Be a good Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's Canadian. Yes. So, um, your application was denied. Yeah. Uh, now, here, here's a question. So, over the last year, there's been some serious shakedowns within the United Conservative Party. Uh, the yes. provincial board was, uh, I'm putting this in quotations, taken over yeah. by yeah. pro-freedom, apparently, people. Um, the CAs have been... A lot of the people have been the, the directors and, and board members have been replaced by uh, freedom loving individuals. The premier has resigned like things have changed, arguably for the better within the party. However, a good guy like you was still denied an application because of a ridiculous. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, purported alignment with white nationalists. Yeah, yeah. So what what? Why did you decide to run as an independent and, and not challenge those things with all of these freedom-loving people within the party? Well, the reason I decided to run as an independent is there were so many people in this constituency who were heartbroken about the situation. So many people who said for the first time in their lives, they were just going to spoil the ballot. They really? didn't think they could support Mr. Nixon. Yeah. They could not... Uh, there's just nothing else they were going to do. Either stay home or spoil the ballot. And yeah. the, really, yeah. that's the only way you waste a vote. Yeah. So we talked with people. We talked with our team. And uh, I said, yeah, if, if this is what people want, if this is what democracy needs, I'll do it. It's another uphill battle. Yeah. Um, the last independent, I'm told, was elected in 1967. So more than 54 years ago. Wow. 
the laws are set up against running as an independent. We can't yeah. fundraise until the writ is dropped. Right. Yeah. You cannot um, even declare that you are running. So we're intending to run. We're not actually and running yet. That's right. The Just a, a bunch of little rules. Whereas you go to any NDP member or UCP member, they're fundraising like mad. They use both, all of their coffers are full. And we're starting from scratch on May 1st when the writ is dropped. That's we right. filled them up. There was another independent candidate that won, and he won on a uh, Alberta independence platform. His name was, I believe, uh, Gordon Kessler. Was that who it was? But wasn't he? He was the member of, of the WCC, though, right? Western Canada Concept. Yeah, that's yeah. He was federal, independent. federal politics. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but independent nonetheless. Right. So we just—it's kind of like you have to write the last chapter in the story, right? After after I was disqualified, I went to hear Travis Tay speak in Innisfail, and I had the opportunity to ask him a question. And I said, what are you going to do about corruption in the party? Yeah. Well, he gave kind of a long-winded answer, which effectively said, there is no corruption in the party. And then he said, if, if you feel, if the members feel that strongly about it, they can come to the AGM and vote in board members who have that, who believe that there's corruption, they want to fight back against it. So I was involved with Take Back Alberta. We sold, uh, we, we sold a lot of memberships. We got a lot of a few hundred people to show up to the AGM, and we voted in a board of pro freedom uh, grassroots members. And so, thank you, Mr. Taze, for giving us that idea. Uh, and then we came back home to Rimby Rocky Mountain House Sundry, and the people here wanted to take over that board with Danielle becoming the premier, they felt there was a chance that they could reopen that nomination. Danielle had said that in the campaign um, and the party had effectively said, if the members in the area want it, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. So the people down here organized, we got, we had about 750 people turn up to the AGM mm -hmm. in Sundry and they voted in a pro freedom, pro grassroots board. And they sent a motion off to the provincial government or the provincial government, the provincial UCP board. Yeah. The board sat on that for a month, didn't do anything. And then in the middle of February, uh, the pro freedom side of the board felt they had enough votes to win. And th this isn't confidential information. This was written up in the Western standard. So I'm not breaking any UCP rules by talking about this. But what happened that night was the old guard in the party uh, went to that meeting and said, if Danielle reopens this nomination, you're going to have two cabinet ministers resigning, three MLAs resigning. And at the next caucus meeting, there's 34 MLAs who will vote non-confidence in Danielle and blow up the entire party. Wow. Wow. Nixon must have some dirt on some folks. Well, you know what? They, it's really scary that they were willing to give the whole province to the NDP because if the party would have blown up, yeah, that's what would have happened. Yeah. Also, Nixon didn't have to face his members. See, this the is one of the solution to this would have been to open up that nomination back last year in February and March yeah. and have a vote, and it would have been done. A proper vote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's I would say let those were. cabinet ministers and MLAs resign. Yeah. Why? And you know yeah. there were Travis Taze and Sonia Savage did resign. They did yeah. about three weeks later. So do we know who those uh, those MLAs were? 
Uh, well, the two cabinet ministers, yeah. Sonia Savage, Travis Taze, mm -hmm. uh, the three other MLAs, I don't know who they are, but people have confirmed that that was true. But the 34 members voting on confidence in Daniel was actually a big bluff. I would say so. And this, the, uh, the pro-freedom side blinked instead of standing for what they believed. Hmm. So in order to complete the story, in order to give the members here a chance to actually have their voices heard, yeah. um, we're doing this. And we've got well, tremendous support. I've been invited to some a few small coffee houses, a couple potluck meals to go speak to people. Yeah. And there's a lot of energy and a lot of momentum. Our biggest problem is time. Yeah. Because we really can't campaign till May 1st. And then we've got 28 days to really turn the tide. That's right. 28 days. Yeah. And how many people in that CA? In the constituency? Mm-hmm. They're always I there's about 55,000 voters. Really? Oh, that's big then. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's usually about 35,000, 40,000 at the most. So maybe I'm confused. 55,000. Uh, maybe the I, think you're, I think you're right. Total residents. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right, Tim. And there's that area goes as far as I recall from like Bluffton all the way down to Water Valley. Uh, farther. It goes up to Winfield and yeah. other flats. Yeah. Wow. It's probably well, it's a big area to cover. Two hours and 40 minutes to drive from the north end to the south end. <laughs> wow. Well, you get your so work cut out for you, don't we you? We had a coffee house at the north end, and yeah. that night we were down in Water Valley. So it was a, a lot of kilometers in one day. Wow. Well, so um, let's say that you win. Yeah. And you are elected as the MLA for that area. Which would be absolutely amazing. And, and it and it, and, and it should happen to get rid of uh, Jason. I actually I actually am encouraged. And I think it's going to happen. I'm going to say it out loud. It's going to happen because sound is powerful. Words are powerful. This is going to happen, Tim. Yeah. So once that occurs, what do you want to do? What do you want to do that's different? What do you want to do that's better than those who have had that job before you? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to be farming and uh, <laughs> being an MLA. So it's time to twist my uh, son's arms a little bit and see if yeah. they'll help out a little more over the summer. Yeah. But really, when it gets back to government, if there's one thing I've learned from four years of municipal politics, it's you have to listen to people. Yeah. And you look at this whole thing with currently with the land use bylaws and MDPs. Uh, there is such a level of mistrust between people in every level of government, right? People don't trust the feds. They don't trust the province. They don't trust now their local municipalities. Mm -hmm. They don't trust the College of Physicians. They don't trust the universities. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's ever been a time with so much uh, mistrust of every institution. So the first thing I have to do is just get out in the community halls, uh, get to the, the local coffee shops, listen to people and let them know that their voice actually does matter. Yeah. That's, That's great. the key thing. Yeah. People yeah. haven't been heard for three years. Yeah. And especially here in Rimby, Rocky Mountain House, Sundry, where they wanted to be heard, they organized for the nomination, they organized for the CA. And each time the old guard in the party said, no, we don't want to listen to you. Your voice doesn't matter. Does Jason Nixon even do like meetings out there? Like any any other CA or constituency out there seems to have 
multiple town halls and all that sort of stuff. Have you been to one that Jason Nixon has, has done? I know there, there's been a few advertised in the local paper. Okay. Um, down in Caroline, he was at one. Um, I don't know of any other campaign events that he's been to. He's been to different uh, events going on in the community. Yeah. I believe at the last CA meeting, he told the members of the CA that he wasn't going to be doing big open houses and meet and greets in this campaign battle. Wow. Because his name just happens to be what it is and he doesn't need to do that? Well, this riding is so conservative yeah. that... Uh, well, you, anybody who, anyone anybody, who runs under that UCB banner I should win, say. even without campaigning. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So right now, uh, earlier today, there was a report. Uh, 338 Canada, did you guys check that for polling? No. They had the latest polling data, and yeah. I checked it before I had to run into town today. And it showed the UCP support was down to 60%. Yeah. NDP was at about 15%. And then the Wild Rose Independence Party, which I don't even know if it exists at this time, was at 15%. Wow. And so what we're figuring out is that when people are being asked, they say they're voting for independent instead of a party. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So we're looking at that as our support base. And really all we've done, we just advertise that we're, well, we didn't even advertise. We can't advertise. We are in the paper saying we're going to run as an independent. I've spoken at a few really small events yeah. and we're at 15% in the polls. Yeah. But then I checked so, it tonight just be, while I was waiting for you guys to get a hold of me and the Wild Rose Independence Party, the independent category is back down to about 3% and the UCP support is back up to I think 75 or 80. So somehow in the matter of four hours, the whole independent category went to zero. And I know that isn't true because we've got think, a lot of support out there. I think people are, they're confusing and conflating an independent candidate with an independence-minded candidate. Yeah. Yes. Now, as far as I know, I, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the Wild Rose Independence, Independence Party. Um, I don't think they, I don't think they're going to meet the criteria even for party status come election time, unfortunately. Um, there is another independent candidate as far as I know, that has uh, said they're intending on running. His name is, he was going to be running under the Independence Party of Alberta yeah. banner, I believe. And after the shakeup over there, I think he's pulled out of that and decided to run as a, as a uh, independent, independence-minded uh, independent candidate. So have you met, uh, is it, it's Fred, right? Have you met him? Have you talked to him? Oh, yes, Fred. I have seen Fred speak at a uh, Clearwater County event. Uh, I heard him speak, but I haven't had the chance to talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. And uh, I only found out about this uh, about a week ago. It popped up on my Facebook feed. So now we're going to be, we're going to have uh, Mr. Nixon, you, Fred, and I don't even know who the NDP, NDP candidate is because, I mean, all of their names could be orange for as, as far as I'm concerned, because they all say the same lies. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, one of the comments that comes up all the time is vote splitting. And I've spoken about it saying, Hey, like that's just a tool used to tell you what to do and mm -hmm. not vote for conscience. What's your, right. what's your uh, take on this idea of vote splitting and that we have to support a particular candidate in a particular party or else we're going to end up with the apocalypse. 
Well, we don't want the apocalypse, do we? Well, um, I don't know. know it's anyway, a tough issue. Like yeah. in, in in this constituency, vote splitting is, is going to happen, but it's not going to allow the NDP to come up through the middle and take the seat. Right at 15% and the conservative vote at 80%, it's going to be, a am hoping, a 40 uh, a 50-50 split between myself and Nixon and the NDP are still going to be a distant third. So vote splitting is not an issue here in this constituency. If you're in Edmonton, if you're in St. Albert, if you're in one of these places where it's a 50-50 vote, um, it, it could be an issue. Yeah. So what do you see there? Central Alberta. Yeah, I'm, I, I went on the 338. So they uh, they do show, you know, the different uh, districts, whether Calgary, Edmonton, Northern Alberta, Central. So this Go is to the top category there. Uh, right here. No, where you were. Yeah. Sorry, I'm pointing at the oh, screen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right 87. Yep. If we go all 87, that's kind of, it gives you a graph. I've seen this graph many times. This is like the safest place for UCP and the safest place for the end. Where's Rimby Rocky? Uh, it should be in the dark blue, I'm sure. That's the fifth one, isn't it? There it is. Yep. Yep. Safe. Yep. Safe UCP. Just click on that and see what the data is. There you go. Yeah, there's UCP at 60. Mm -hmm. Walder's Independence at 14. And if you look at any place else in the province, the Walder's Independence is down right about 3 or 4%. Yeah, yeah. So we're making the assumption that that difference is people are saying they want to vote for the independent candidate. Yeah, that does make sense. So I want to, I'm just going to throw some out there because I'm sure people are looking at this thinking, well, what if, what if the any, what if the UCP doesn't win enough seats to form a majority government? I'll say this about that: if the UCP and their candidates can't win government in enough constituencies to form a majority or even a minority government, for that matter, mm -hmm. that's not the voters' fault. That's their fault. Yeah. If uh, like you, you, people should stop blaming the voters for the failures of the candidates. If they fail yeah. to earn the can the the voters' trust. That's on them, not on the voters. And in, in this case, it, it appears that that constituency is a very, it's a very conservative constituency. Mm -hmm. And um, I know just from live streams and talks that I've had with people over the last year, two years, um, there are a lot of people who are very disillusioned with the UCP. You know, yeah. um, e even when things started changing and improving and we, and, and we started making the changes that we wanted to see in the beginning, it wasn't good enough and they just, they'll never vote again. Yeah. And I asked them if there was a third option, a viable third option, would you vote for that? And it was a resounding yes. I mean, it was almost everybody saying, yes, I would choose a viable third option if there was one. Yeah. Now in this case, people may be concerned that the, let's just use 50-50 for instance, because it's easier or 40-40. NDP wins 40 seats, UCP wins 40 seats. There's a, there's a stalemate. Now, if Mr. Hoven has a seat, guess who holds the balance of power? Mm -hmm. A conservative-minded individual yeah. who believes in rights and freedoms and wants to actually make things better. So the beautiful thing about the, the few independent candidates that are coming into the mix here is if they're elected, their voices are not um, silenced. Their voices are very, very loud because they can be the ones that actually turn the tide of a, of a, of a debate, of a bill that's being voted yep. on. This is pretty exciting stuff. And this means, 
This is something that Alberta has needed, and well, Canada's needed, but I've really given up on federal politics, sorry to say. Alberta's needed this for years. It's always been a two-horse race, and there's never been any voices of reason outside of the of, of either caucus that can balance out the conversation. But we have the opportunity for that now. And I, right. I really hope we see that. I'd love to see that. Well, I hope we see it too. Because it is obviously, so strange. You know, what, what is a political party? Is it the, the members? Is it the people who bought a membership in any given constituency? Is it all the members together in the province? Because here we had a situation where the members wanted to reopen the nomination mm -hmm. for the party. Yeah. And they were told no by a, a group of people up in Edmonton. And it's just we, their voices weren't heard. Yeah. And I've talked to so many people who completely disillusioned with the political process because of the last three years. Yeah. And even when they got involved and tried to fix it, they were told effectively, go home, shut your mouth. We don't want to hear what you have to say. And people all over this province, we have to change how we manage the, the government. We have to change how our relationship with our political leaders. Yeah. We can't just elect someone and then go home and think that everything's going to be fine for four years. Yeah. Like what we did when we, we, we uh, constantly involved with these people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get canceled again because I said these people. <laughs> oh, no. Don Cherry, what have you done? Exactly. Don Cherry is very happy in his retirement, I'm sure. And he was should have retired anyway. The guy's older than dirt. I wanted to, uh, I usually do a little bit of research, but uh, on here, so this was the 2019 election, and I wanted to just point out that there was 25 independent candidates back in 2019, right? And as far as I know, nobody got in, right? Only when uh, Drew Barnes and uh, Tom uh, Lowen were kicked out, were, were oh, they taught, were they, said, <laughs> I could have said Tom. Oh. <laughs> um only when that happened did uh, did we actually have some independent uh, candidates out there. So look if at the bottom, Kerry, what's that? Look at the bottom. Look at the bottom. Wild Rose. Wild Rose. Jason Kenny. Yeah. Interesting. Eh? Oh, right. That's because yeah, the merge. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it did list him as uh, as being the one candidate. Yeah. But there are there are parties on here like uh, oh, the Alberta Advantage. They're still they're still doing stuff. I don't know if we actually have a communist party. I'm assuming we probably do. Um, uh, do we have a reform party as a as an uh, as a uh, provincial party? I don't know. Is yeah, Randy Forstenson, isn't that? He was right. the leader of the Social Credit Party. Oh yes, 15, 18 years ago maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So. And and I don't know whether I don't think Fifty First State is actually a party yet. I don't think they have party status, so I'm not okay. sure what's going to happen with this this coming. They, they wouldn't be on this one anyway, right? Yeah, there because it would be brand new. Oh, but well, I see Marilyn Burns actually uh, her party yeah, got yeah. a few votes. Yeah. yeah. So this actually tells me you might looking down towards the bottom. You see, there's a Communist Party of Alberta. Yeah. Um, and that's fine if that's what people want. Then it's democracy, yeah. and if democracy says we should be communist, we should be communist. I guess. Yeah. They got 302 votes. But if you I, add that to the other Communist Party, we actually had 620,221 people vote for communism in Alberta in the last you election. Are, you are correct. Just that like, is unreal. Yeah, that is. Unreal. 
So anyways, that's, that's just a quick Wikipedia and anybody can go and uh, take a look at that stuff. I think it's, I think it's important to, uh, you know, we always talk about where have we been, what's the history and uh, especially when it comes down to polling, it's good to know what has been consistently done in, in previous uh, consistent constituencies or writings, uh, you know, at least maybe for the last three or four elections. Um, once you get a little further back than that, there, it's a completely different political climate. But I would almost argue that this is now a completely different political climate than it was in 2019. It definitely is. Right? It is. You know what the big difference is? In those in the last few elections, we were actually herded like cattle at yeah. the voting station. Yeah. Like the, when, when the NDP won, um, it was the PCs bungling of everything and their you know, they're just complete disconnection from the voters that that it, it basically funneled us like cattle to the shoots, to the vote, yeah. to the voting yeah. stations. Yeah. And then when um, Jason Kenney parachuted in to save Alberta from the NDP, the same thing happened. People were just, you know, they were rounded up and they were pushed towards voting and supporting this this new party that we built and everything was going to be great. It was going to be grassroots and we're yeah. going to do all these good things. And people failed to they failed to think critically about some things. And now I'm not saying it was a bad thing that we elected the UCP. I think it was a good thing. But like Tim said, everybody went home after. And it allowed things to happen that should never, ever happen in politics. So this time around, we have to, we have to pay attention if we're being pushed in one direction and why. And we have to actually be aware of our surroundings and be aware of what these candidates, what the candidates want to do and where they're going to bring us and who they're going to be loyal to. Like yeah. if you're going to vote for Jason Nixon, I'm fairly confident that he is very loyal to Jason Kenney and that group, the old PC boys, the old PC club that was yeah. responsible for the mistakes of the past that ushered in the NDP, yeah. right? We have to be very, very careful and very critical. Yeah. So I hope that a lot of people come to hear you speak Tim, because, uh, I really want them to ask you some tough questions and, and hear your answers because they need it. Mm -hmm. it. It has to be more than support this so we don't get this. It has to be, how are we going to make things better? How are we going to not repeat the mistakes we made in the past and bring people to a better place? Right. It has to be more than this is the policies that the party is going forward. And maybe yes. if we, we feel like it will actually do some of them. It really has to be the grassroots standing up behind these elected MLAs and yeah. saying, this is how we want our lives to be. These are the policies we want and and do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So what how do you guys want your lives to be? Me? Back to, yeah. back to pre-2019 would be amazing. No, what, what are some of the core values that you think are important? I would I would love it if I was allowed to chart my own course in life yeah, you know, so. and not have to worry about someone coming and harpooning my ship and just making me stay in a storm. I don't, yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I, I want to be left alone Yes, and, and be able not, not without people, but I mean, I want to be left alone in the sense that I run my business. I do my thing, you know, just, just stop telling me I can't run my business. That's it. You know, everything that I seem to do in terms of business and uh, and even my personal life, I seem to have to go through some sort of 
government bureaucracy, signing up for a license or a permit or something like that. I would like to see all of that either go away or be smart about it, right? So here's one of my stances would be uh, driver's licenses. We have to do it every single year. Why do we have to do it every single year, right? And same with registration, you're registering your car. Well, if you still own the car, why do you have to register it every single year? Why can you not just register it once and then if it's totaled or you sell it, then the next person registers it. End of story, right? To have to do this every single year, and especially if the government is now not sending you out reminders, and so that when you get out to Ottawa and you need to go and rent a car to drive back because you're not going to drive back in a convoy, and you realize that, oh, my driver's license, I didn't I didn't renew. Huh. I know someone that did that. I don't know anybody that would have done that, but I mean, if that, that's a total possibility that could have happened. Yeah, but. It, it, it's not about our safety, Carrie. It's a method of control. So what I'm hearing from you is that you believe that we're overregulated. Over, That's absolutely. We're yeah. overregulated. We're regulate, overtaxed. Regulate we're not me harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, regulate me harder, Daddy. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and another way of saying that is democracy. Like, why is it like that? We should be well, able to vote and say, no, we don't want to have this. So talk to your MLA and, and hopefully get that pushed through. But it's not going to because that's a, a source of revenue for the government and uh, they're used to doing that when has a tax ever not been retracted right it's well, never i can never in the gst went from seven to five percent oh thank you so oh, thankful thank you yes i can tell you why this happened it's amazing yeah. the reason why these things happen in democracy in my uh uneducated burger flipping opinion is that if a democracy will actually vote to end their own existence if you educate them to the point where that's what they believe. Like people right now are being educated by different groups yeah. um, to believe that their existence is harmful to the planet, yeah. the, to believe that their ch uh, they shouldn't have any children. I, uh, there's billboards out there that say the best thing you can have or the best thing you can do for your child is not have another one. We're, we're being educated with anti-human propaganda yeah. And people are repeating these things. If, if you go to Edmonton and you ask people there uh, on the street, you know, what are your primary, it might be a little bit different now, but what are, what are your primary concerns coming into this uh, in the next few years? People are going to say, well, I'm very concerned about apocalyptic climate change and we really need to get to net zero faster. Not because that's the truth, not because that's what's right, but because they've been educated and trained to believe that. Right. And so now if you want to make government, you, they, they poll and they say, what's your concerns? People say, oh, we want to be net zero. And the government says, okay, well, this is a load of crap, but we're going to campaign on it anyway because the majority of people want it. We don't have leaders who are willing to stick their necks out mm -hmm. and speak the truth and, and educate people as uh, back to reality. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be really challenging, except for in your area, Tim. Uh, I think people have a lot of common sense because they're more connected to each other and to the you know, to the, uh, to nature there. So they have less of that anti-human ideas, but that's how this happens in a democracy. Um, tyrants come in, people don't pay attention. The tyrants fool them into giving up their freedoms, giving up their rights in the name of safety or convenience. And then we're left with what we have today. Yeah. Right. And looking at that climate change, you know, people have just been told for 25 years, the way to stop climate change is we need to have a carbon tax and you need to pay for carbon. And we're yeah. going to keep raising that price 
until you can't afford to heat your house anymore and uh, you can't afford to run your vehicle and we'll save the planet, but we'll bankrupt every single family in, in Canada. That's the goal. And people are believing that. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you going to deal with that? What's, what's your position on that? How are, how are you going to be a leader in your area and, and uh, bring some common sense and, and critical thinking back to society? One of the things I talk about when I'm speaking to a group of people is you have to know what's important to you mm -hmm. because you honestly cannot trust anything that comes out in the media that has to deal with politics. Because there was an article, Press Progress, came out yesterday about Take Back Alberta, and they wrote a couple paragraphs about me. And I was talking with someone about it, and they're like, look at this. I'm so worried about voting UCP because I don't know if I'm voting UCP or Take Back Alberta to run the government. <laughs> and I, I asked them, you know, what, um, why do you think that? Do you think they're... Do you think that's real or do you think that's the author trying to persuade you to believe that? Yeah. And he said, well, I, he kind of paused for a minute and he said, no, I, I think I'm really concerned about take back Alberta running the government. And I said, well, it looks like the author got his point across then. Yeah. Cause I know the guys running take, I should say people because there's a few ladies in there. I know the people running take back Alberta. Good. Uh, people who love this province. This is all they've done for a year trying to fix the mess that we've come in. Mm -hmm. They absolutely love the province and the people. And then to see the lies that come out about it, mm -hmm. um, the propaganda that's going on into the people of Calgary and Edmonton to tell them that their uh, brothers and sisters who are Albertans are these jackbooted fascists is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you, you can't trust anything in the media. You have to know what you believe. Then you have to talk to the candidates and see who aligns with their values. Absolutely. And then you have to vote them in. That's yeah. the only way we're going to fix this. That's the yeah. very first step. Yeah. Because if we're just following the media's lies and propaganda, we're just going to keep going down this path and it's going to get worse yeah. and worse and worse. I I absolutely agree. Now, when people ask me things like that, and I've got this about APP all the time as well. So, oh, well, we're worried. What, are, is it Take Back Alberta taking over the, the province or taking over the government? And I respond to the question, what is Take Back Alberta? What is it? It's a group of like-minded individuals that are coming together for common cause to try and make some changes. Mm -hmm. So I would say if that group of Albertans wants to make some changes, um, then I would be happy for them to be influencing government because that's our job. Our job as citizens is to use our voices and influence government policy by speaking our minds and holding them to account. So that's exactly what should be done. It's not a, that's not a bad thing. I mean, if, sure, if there was, if they had some crazy agenda, which I guess a lot of, some people probably think so, um, that would be bad. But these are just people who two years ago wanted nothing to do with politics. Right. But now they're, they're coming and they're taking over CAs and they're doing good things, right? And Take Back Alberta, really, it is just telling people if you want to change things, you have to turn off the TV, get off your couch and get yeah. involved. Yeah. And I think all three of us would believe that democracy works best when there's more and more people involved. Mm -hmm. yeah. When there's only a small percentage running things, uh, it, it goes the opposite direction. We all know monopolies are bad. Well, we've got a monopoly in our politics right now. Yeah. yeah. 
when you get a 37% turnout for a municipal election in Calgary, yeah. and of that 40% has voted in our mayor. So overall, less than 20% of the voters actually voted in our mayor. That fails miserably, yes. right? We need to educate and get people aware of what is going on and then get them to the polls. That's the right. important thing, right? You can look back at COVID and, you know, COVID didn't cause all of our problems. It was bad government policy yeah. that caused all of our problems. From everything that happened to Chris yeah. to uh, just some of the horror stories you hear about people and how these policies destroyed their families, split yeah. their families, Absolutely. kept seniors locked up in, in solitary confinement, effectively in old folks' homes yeah. until they died. Yeah. It's, it's horrific. And it, it wasn't COVID per se. It was the decisions that these people in power made. Yeah. So there's a, a comment on here. It's from. I, Can I find it? Locked Kingsmill. Uh, now the comment is, sorry, you're not answering Chris's question at all. And a few lines down, it says you're talking just like the rest of the politicians. So I'm not sure which question it was that uh, they didn't feel you answered. I, I think I got my answers uh, around the time that this comment came up. I was asking you, uh, what are you going to do differently than the other politicians that have come before you to uh, be a leader and convince or, or, or encourage people to get back to reality? What's, okay. what's your plan to deal with that, Tim? Well, I started that thing by saying, I'm going to go out and listen to people because yeah. I've, I believe politicians don't listen. And I hope that doesn't sound like just a politician answer because I really believe it. And you can look at everything I've done the last year, uh, getting involved with people and helping to people organize. That's been the number one thing I've done. I've just yeah. listened. An independent in, in the legislature isn't going to be writing up the budget. It's an independent is not going to be bringing forward all these laws and a great uh, a great legislative slate to to change the world, but it's going to be working and listening to people, finding out what's most important to them, and then when it comes to writing laws and debating laws, bringing forward their values and hopefully convincing enough people that we can change some of these things. Mm -hmm. It really is an uphill battle. So many people get into politics with the best of intentions and they hit that that wall of bureaucracy and it, it stops them. Yeah. You know, government is just a huge machine and we need to find, get enough uh, freedom minded, grassroots minded people in there that we can start to reprogram the machine so that it benefits everyday Albertans instead of just the, the few people at the top. So even... Even if we get freedom-minded MLAs in, what what happens to the the bureaucrats that have been sitting on 20, 25 year jobs and they're so used to the way that the ship is steering that they will hesitate and not want to follow a direction? Well, bureaucrats, um, if they want to keep their job, they have to follow the directions of the politicians. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. The politicians are the one who are write the write the policies, write the laws, give them to the bureaucrats, and the bureaucrats are supposed to enforce them. Yeah. They're supposed to uh, do all the work to make sure that they're they're out there in existence and people are working on them. Yeah. And if you have bureaucrats that aren't doing their job, they either have to change what they're doing or you have to find someone else to do the job. 
I think that's the way it's supposed to work. But I know, I know there was even a conversation about uh, when Tyler Shandro moved from health to uh, to justice. Um, yeah. he, he basically walked in and, um, you know, the, the bureaucrats were already kind of dictating what to do. He sat down and had conversations with them. And I don't think anything has really changed. Yeah, nothing's going to change right before an election. Everyone's just, well, and that's that's probably no exactly. one's got the cojones to make big changes. It's it, it, it's unfortunate, and I'm I'm not saying it's right, but it's reality of the situation we're in right now. Yeah, um, right. There's a lot of comments I'm seeing coming up with the theme of uh, government is bad. You can't trust politicians. They get elected, then they never listen. Um, it's this these kind of talking points. Now I want to point something out. The government is a machine it's it's a structure it's like a computer it's 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 a thing that what makes government work is the people so you me well for me for sure possibly you have spent most of your life going to the ballot box checking somebody's name and considering uh, themselves participants in democracy and that is the that's why we're in this situation it's our fault that politicians get elected, and then they don't do what they say they're going to do. Mm -hmm. It is our fault that government becomes corrupted. It's our fault that government doesn't listen to people. And I say that because I've learned that democracy is not a once every four year, maybe take the time to go vote. Democracy means you're involved with um, the discussions that your local constituency association has. It means that you go to your municipal council meetings and you listen to what they're saying and you become vocal if you don't like it. Yeah. You have to, if you if you don't if you're not active in these things, if you're not active in these in this structure in this machine, if you're not working on the computer, you cannot complain when it doesn't go the way you want it to. If you you get in an airplane and the you know the pilot takes off and then goes and sits in the back seat, <laughs> is it whose fault is it that the plane crashed? You know, it's it's not the airplane's fault. It's the people in it. And that, that's where we're at right now. So before you before you commit to condemning government and condemning politicians and condemning political parties, please at least take a moment to look in the mirror and ask yourself if you have been um, if you have been civically engaged to the point where you can actually sling mud. Because we first have to, we, we have to uh, work on ourselves first and what we're doing before we can start uh, hammering on the politicians. That, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But, but. I think building on that, the one specific thing that everyone needs to do is to make the decision to never accept corruption and do not tolerate it. Yeah. Because what's happened in the past, you can see all the corruption, you can see Trudeau, was or the Trudeau Trudeau Foundation was getting who knows how much money from foreign influences. They were ignoring all that information from CSIS. Well, that's corruption, and and Canadians just tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And we have to treat uh, we have to treat corruption worse than pedophilia. You just can't handle it. You can't you can't touch it. You can't do anything with it. You just have to say no. And if someone is corrupt, you got to vote them out. And then the next guy who's tempted to, to do something uh, that's going to line his own pocket or treat his own constituents bad, yeah. he's going to say, well, remember what happened to that guy? And then hopefully he won't do it. He or she, let's be, uh, uh, let's be fair to the ladies too, right? They, they're tempted to be corrupt too. We just cannot tolerate it. 
And if enough people did that, it would change. It would turn the tide. We have to say civically engaged. Exactly. All the time. And to be fair, we we don't, we, we work a lot of hours, right? These days. I mean, in the fifties, it was one member of the household going out and working and, you know, the other one was a homemaker and we didn't have to put in 80 hours a week. And now, you know, we, we have to put in 40 hours a week times two people or maybe 60 or 70 hours a week to make ends meet. Partially, I would say the majority of the reason why is because we have to give away over 65% yeah. of the fruits of our labor to the government and to bureaucracy. So I I get that people don't have time, but this is something we really have to start making time for. And as a matter of fact, we can make it fun because some of the events that I've been to with you, Tim, they're, uh, I mean, they're awesome. You get to meet some people, talk to some people, have a great meal. It's a a good way to spend a night out. And you're participating in democracy. And Chris, I'm going to even make your story a little bit worse. You work your whole life giving half your money to the government and then you die and the government takes half of that before you can give it to your family. That's right. That's insane. It's absolute insanity. And these are some of the things that have to change. You know, we we need to get back to a point where, well, first of all, it would be nice if uh, employers in in Canada or Alberta in particular could afford to make the things that we demand to buy from, you know, Canadian made or Alberta. Why does everyone buy from China? Well, because it's cheap. Yeah. Why is it cheap in China? Because they don't pay 65 or 70% tax. You know, they don't have a, a $15 coming up to $17, by the way, minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we have to pay people a lot of money so that they can afford to pay their exorbitant taxes and have enough left over to eat. And by the time we pay them that much money, well, we can no longer manufacture automobiles in Canada because yeah. it just costs too much. So the jobs go somewhere else, yeah. you know, where the bureaucracy doesn't eat up as much of the money. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll ever change in this province or in this in this country, but I certainly hope people think about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do think things are changing. Um, yeah. You can look at the inflation. You can look at what's happening overseas with Russia and China. You can look at what's happening with the U.S. dollar and how different countries are saying they don't want to trade in it. We're effectively seeing the end of globalization, the end of global supply chains. And whether we like it or not, there's going to be some major changes coming to us in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we can either be uh, ready for it and embrace the change, or you can try to fight it and lose. Yeah. Change is coming. Tim, can I ask you, what is your uh, what is your take on uh, an independent Alberta? Because I, I'm, I'm very much for that idea. And, uh, and basically going through the, the process, the, you know, the Sovereignty Act, whatever you want to call it. And but it, it ultimately, I do believe that Alberta should be its own country. And that's the way that's my stance. But I'd like to hear it from you in terms of where, where do you think that Alberta will be in, say, five or 10 years? Where I think it will be or where do I want it to be? Well, let's let's Those do both. two different questions. <laughs> I, th- I believe that we need to have a really strong Alberta. Now, why do we need to do that? Alberta is just some lines on a map, right? But it's the people who are here in Alberta that's, that's makes us what we are. Yeah. 
And if we want to have a strong Alberta, it comes back to first of all, having strong families, mm -hmm. because that is the, the core basic building block of society. Mm -hmm. And we could say we're going to fight for independence, but it, in the end, if we get that and families are worse off, we probably made a mistake. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do, first of all, is do everything we can within the constitution to make our family stronger, mm -hmm. more prosperous, more wealthy. And when we've maximized that, then we have to make that decision. Do we want to do something new or are we happy where we are? Because mm -hmm. right now, with the way the Trudeau government has been, it's been pushing down the families in Alberta one thing after another. We're going to take away oil and gas. We're going to do this. We're going to tax you guys. We're going to do all these things. And our families are probably weaker than they've been in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And we have to, first of all, turn that tide um, make our people strong and then we'll be in a position to to work and if we can if we can fit within the current framework and make uh, make our lives better yeah. i'm all for staying in canada yeah i know we, we point we, in the we, future where we can't yeah we all love canada we all you know wave our flags and we're all patriotic um and you know the the issue for me comes down to yeah it's it's i love canada i love the people i just hate the government the federal government yeah and uh, and people just say, well, just wait, you know, it'll change. It'll change in four years or whatever. And it's like, yeah, and then it'll probably change back because it's just that's what happens all the time. But I, the key problem you said there carries just yeah. wait and yeah. you can't wait. You have to act now. Yeah. 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 And if everyone so, would act now, we could make a difference. Yeah. Here's the thing we've seen over the past uh, few elections the entirety of Western Canada will vote blue, uh, central Canada and Eastern Canada votes, whatever the color of, I don't know, red, whatever liberals are. Yeah. And our voices aren't heard here. Yeah. And we can't affect change in the constitution to improve our lives here. So I agree with you, Tim, for me, it's not some angry vendetta against Canada that makes me an independence minded Albertan. It's a realization that we need change. Our families are weakened. We need to get back to a position where we can actually um, chart our own course and be prosperous in this province. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that within the confines of confederation, excellent, great, then there's no reason to leave. But if our priority is making things better for the people in this province, um, then we have to be willing. And I, and I think that, you know, it's a touchy subject, but I think you're willing to at least acknowledge uh, that we have to be willing to do whatever we have to do to get some leverage to use against the federal government because right now we don't have it now people say well we can vote yeah we can however it doesn't matter because they hold the majority of power no matter what we do over here so i agree with you there's lots of things we can do in alberta and we can do them immediately like i'm talking within a year or two years we can take control of our policing our pensions our taxation employment insurance all uh, all, all of those things we can make Alberta stronger within the confines of Confederation and the boundaries of the Constitution. But I think it's important to realize that that may not work and we may need some some leverage. So we may at some point, and I believe that point is soon, um, need a referendum where the people of Alberta say, listen, you want to go to this woke, idiotic fairy tale uh, where people are suffering? You guys go by yourself. We're going to stand on our own, but not because I don't like Canada, just because I'm I'm not willing to drive with a drunk driver off a cliff. I'm not going to go with Trudeau into the future of with the global elite either. 
-hmm. I think you're going to do it because you love Canada, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Someone needs to set an example. That's why we're going to go the distance. That's right. Yeah, that's very true. There was something else, a comment swung by and I missed it. I'm not doing a very good job on the uh, the comments here. I'm I'm too engaged. <laughs> I did want to uh, I did want to uh, give you. A, okay, go ahead. I, I, sorry, I found it. Okay, there was a comment that said, "Ah, yes, the the UCP WEF." Tim, do you know what the WEF is? Well, I'm assuming he's talking about the World Economic Forum. Yes. Yeah. What's your what What's your opinion on the World Economic Forum and their attempt to uh, uh, infiltrate governments. Well, I'm I'm against anyone trying to infiltrate a government other than the the citizens who should be making up that government. Yeah. And now, how they do that, um, you know, what it is is someone way up high in the bureaucracy wrote a memo and said we're going to have we're going to follow these sustainable development goals and he sent it out to 50 people and they sent it down to the people underneath them and then it goes to about eight layers of bureaucracy until you get some guy at a county office with a piece of paper yeah and he's like well i guess this is what we're going to do yeah and then a resident comes up with a concern and they get into an argument and the county official just says well like i have this piece of paper here that says i have to do this and your opinion doesn't matter then Mm-hmm. Right. We and we have to kind of get our, our we have to understand what we want and we have to write our own goals starting mm-hmm. at the grassroots and going up because with the WEF and who knows who else is trying to manipulate and control things. It's all from the top down. Yeah. We have to know what's important to us, how we want our lives to be and then tell the people we elect start making laws to get us where we want. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 right. This isn't uh, the, the policies, these. Sustainable development policies is what it is, aren't coming from our citizens. They're coming from external organizations yes. that sit in rooms drinking fancy champagne, um, sitting on yachts and hiring uh, $380,000 worth of escorts for a weekend, mm-hmm. telling us how we have to live our lives to improve the planet. Right Now, there's a lot of concern these days about, uh, oh, the UCP is WEF because... And then there's eight degrees of separation. Someone down the line was a young global shaper or whatever. Now, people have to realize something. A lot of the institutions that you deal with every day, your major banks, your major grocery stores, your Walmarts, your McDonald's, uh, they all have sustainable development goals enshrined in their policy. So you can say all you want. Oh, you know this party or that party is WEF because this person talked to them. But if you're going to go and you're going to go to Walmart and then go have a big Mac, there's, there's dozens of things you do every day that support businesses that support that organization. And the reason that's happening is comes back to education. Mm -hmm. People have been educated and trained to believe that we need these sustainable development goals for our own safety and survival. And until someone's brave enough to stand up and speak out against it, I think we're starting to see a little bit now, um, until someone's brave enough to start an educational campaign, gee, I don't know, to, you know, educate and inspire Albertans, it's it's not gonna change, but we can change it because people are starting. Yeah, 
the hard part is is when you you do vocalize that that you're uh, you're basically shunned, and um, yes. there there has to be there has to be more people going out there willing to stick their neck out, and then I think you won't get silenced as as quickly, anyways. And and again, you know, you get one person here shot down, one person here shot down. But if you had a hundred people showing up at once, then it's hard to pick on those people. Or a thousand or ten thousand people. Right? Yes, absolutely. And that's there's, what there's been such a narrowing of acceptable political thought, yeah. or I should say speech. Yeah. Right. Because let's say thirty years ago it used to be here, and now it's right about here. Yeah. Or I should go over to the left a lot more. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you say anything outside those acceptable norms, you get canceled, you get disqualified yeah. from nomination contests, yeah. all these things. And then is so what happens is the people who fit within that niche don't talk. They don't say what they really believe. They yeah. don't do anything. They keep their head down and then they show up in election season and hopefully get elected. Yeah. And that's the last thing Alberta needs because that that's not how what a leader does. Yeah. A leader is out there. Uh, causing some trouble, making people think. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's going to take you outside of that narrow band. Yeah. yeah. So you just get used to having a target on your back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Can't his son's watching. Hey, Zach. You, Zach? Zach is, oh, yeah, there. Hey, Dad. <laughs> uh, um, one of the comments here says, too many people shop Amazon, big WF supporters. I hate that. Well, I've got a different opinion on Amazon now than I did two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and I actually like them, not because of the WF stuff, but because they've given millions of businesses across the globe access to web marketing, which is great for them. These are businesses that couldn't otherwise do it. So I realized that, you know what, this is, it's not just uh, one huge company taking over everything. They're actually giving a lot of other businesses the opportunity to participate in that market. Yeah. And of course it's not perfect. And I don't like that they support the WEF. But why does a company like Amazon or McDonald's or Walmart, why would those big companies support uh, the sustainable development goals? Is it because they really believe that these things are necessary? I don't think so. I'm these sure. companies are all about money and profit. And they believe that the majority of people want them to say those things. And that's what will get them into their shops. Yeah. Just like politicians. Politicians believe that the majority of people want them to talk about becoming net zero and how we can transition away from fossil fuels. Yeah. So that's what they do. Yeah. Even if and it doesn't make any sense. No. no, it's not about it's truth. It's about, they, got. they have to do it now. Exactly. Exactly. Did you see any other questions pop up, Carrie, that we should comment on? Uh, in terms of questions, I think we've covered most of them. Um, but what I wanted to do is to uh, to help plug uh, Tim here. Um, he's got a website. Oh, look at that. It's even got his face on it. <laughs> you bet. Look at that. Strong families, prosperous local communities, yep. peaceful, yep. secure lives, yep. individual rights, freedoms, and responsibilities. I yep. really think those are the four main values that just about every human being on the planet wants. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to be working for after I'm elected. Absolutely. That's awesome. And then, so that's just at timhoven.com. Actually, yes. you can do a little banner here. Or you can probably see it up at the top anyways. Um, Tim, as an independent, can you uh, 
work with the government on certain um, policies and stuff? Well, as, a, as an independent, you can work with whoever you want. So, so let's say you brought up the situation earlier where there might be 44 to 43 or, or whatever, and people were worried that if there's an independent takes away one seat from the UCP, the government's going to topple where it's going to be back to Rachel Notley. Well, in a situation like that, I'm sure my phone would be ringing and I would be asked to work very closely with the UCP to make sure that the NDP don't take control. Mm -hmm. I am a conservative candidate. I'm just not running under that UCP banner. I'm a card carrying member of the UCP. Yeah. So much similar. This is similar to what happened. And it's hilarious. Un unfortunately, hilarious in British Columbia. The election was so close that the Green Party with two seats actually shifted the balance of power, toppled the government, and they call a lot of the shots because if the uh, minority government does something that the Green Party doesn't like, they just say, oh, we're not voting and you're going to lose the vote. So you better change your tune. It's, it's, it's sad that it's happening in that way with the Green Party, but it's hilarious that uh, they're, they're really they're really getting it stuck to them by that. And, yeah. and that could happen here too. And I know you're a conservative minded individual, so you would be able to support uh, government policy that was aligned with your beliefs and your constituents' beliefs. And you would be able to actually, if it was close enough, block policy that didn't align with your constituents. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's true. Exactly. I, I just wanted to point out uh, you got a volunteer uh, uh, click on your uh, on your uh, web page. Please, if you can, volunteer. Um, you know, get get some help out if uh, if you're so inclined to do that. And likewise, if even if you're not in that constituency, look look and see uh, who's in your your constituency or your uh, you know who's setting up a CA maybe for uh, a party that you support and then uh, go and volunteer for them because that's it's amazing that that's that's kind of what everybody needs they all need volunteers they need right. anything from door knockers to people holding uh, making phone calls people uh holding uh chapter meetings or, or ca meetings that's that's the big thing i think is is the labor the people involved and uh and and like you said if you if you have a, a big event maybe you'll even get a dinner there yeah you know, that's that's the one thing that we need to do to fix the system. And I've said it before tonight, and I hope I don't sound like a broken record, but people need to get involved. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we say, too. Get involved. Someone put up a comment again. The whole party thing is corrupt, and that's not true at all. Mm. It becomes corrupt because people fail to perform their civic duty and stay involved yeah, in, right. in, in politics. That's and how it that becomes happens. corrupt because we don't stop it. That's right. It only takes a few people within a party or within government to get together and say, hey, you know, like no one's paying attention. We can do all these things. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next thing you know, corruption is rampant because nobody's yeah. watching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No one's over your looking over your shoulder. That's right. <laughs> always needs to be somebody looking over the government's shoulder. Always. Right, Definitely. right Zach? He's looking over your, your shoulder there, Chris. <laughs> I'm glad he's here looking over my shoulder. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
any any final thoughts there, Tim? On which you? Uh... Well, my last final thought is that uh, both Chris and I have been invited to speak at a potluck uh, this Saturday night in Winfield. Nice, Winfield, at the nice. Egg Center. Yeah. So anyone who's listening, uh, cook up some meatballs, make a salad. Awesome. Um, bring some water bottles or some some drinks, and come on out to the eggs. Not alcoholic drinks. It's a. I don't think we've got the license for that. Yeah. But bring some food, come out, and you can hear Chris and I both speak. And it's going to be a good event. We've done this before. Um, the last one I went to, there was about 120 people there. It was an amazing night. The food was spectacular. And uh, we, I just want to invite everyone listening to, to come on out. Trying to see if I can zoom in on that. But, yeah, that's as big as it gets there. Yep, the friend raiser. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that term, the friend raiser instead of a fundraiser, right? Because you can't do that. You can't do a fundraiser, but you can definitely you can definitely make more friends. That's what we're doing. That's awesome. And then what's on the 16th? You got uh, another one. There's another potluck in Benelto. Okay. There you go. Awesome. My biggest concern is I'm going to put on about 40 pounds during this election campaign <laughs> from all the potluck. Oh, that's okay. You know, it, it's the summer. You'll burn it off... Uh, Working in the fields. <laughs> well, not you know, if I Tim, win. Take, take it from someone who knows. It's, it's not all that bad having an extra 40 pounds on. <laughs> yeah, but that's on your chin. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Which one of them? That's true. Oh, there you go. Well, so okay. just anyone listening, visit the website. If you're in the constituency, yeah. um, register there at the website. We'll put you on the mailing list and we'll get you all the information you need. We are looking for volunteers. We've got 28 days to turn the tide in this constituency. Yeah. yeah. And politics is a team sport. One guy can't do it by himself. Yeah. But with a, a good, dedicated team who's willing to work very hard for 28 days, we yeah. literally can change this province. Awesome. So please register and get in touch. There you go. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to do my best to leave you folks with an earth-shattering, life-changing comment. Um, it's going to be so important, what I say, you're probably going to dream about it. You may have nightmares about it, but probably you're going to have dreams about it. You'll wake up in the morning and you're going to wish that you could remember what I said, but you won't be able to because it's going to be so amazing that your mind will be literally blown. So here goes. And I'm going to ask you to do the same after 10. At the Whistle Stop Cafe next week on Monday, we are going to have a fantastic special that really conforms and complies to the way the, the global elite want the world to go. It's true. We're going to have a Beyond Cricket Burger on Monday. <laughs> I love and it. And it's so far beyond crickets that it will be 100% Alberta beef. Wow. I like that. Yeah. That is but so four far. patties. Four patties of beef. It'll be called the Beyond Cricket Burger, and it's going to be way overpriced. Sounds so like look forward burger. to that. Now, Tim, uh, could you please leave the viewers with some earth-shattering, life-changing uh, comment that they're going to think about before they go to bed and will actually haunt them to the day of the election where they march their butts into the voting booth and, and tick your name off? Oh, boy, no pressure with that. No comment. pressure on that. No, no. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Life is very, very short. Yeah. 
And every day is an absolute blessing that we have life and we get to live it with our families. Yeah. And it's a, it's a shame that we have to put up with the governments we have. But if we can work together with a common vision, we can change things. And if you look at what happened in the province in the last 14 months, yeah. because people work together to make change, yeah. um, think about where we could be in the next 14 months. Just think where it'd be if, if people had decided to sit on their couch and not get involved, yeah. and we still had Jason Kenney as a leader, and yeah. he was at 30% in the polls, and we're facing an NDP majority. And I do not want to see that happen. So I started working 14 months ago and I'm going to keep working for the next 14 months, hopefully the next four years yeah. to make sure that doesn't happen. Life is so short. We can't let government mess it up any more than they already have. Yeah, agreed. So hopefully well, that haunts you guys. I'm going to dream about how short my life is. <laughs> yep. I got a few years on you guys, I think. <laughs> and 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 are you going to ask me the same question because I haven't even prepared an answer yet? I'll, I'll I was thinking about some I was thinking about a smart ass way to ask you the same thing but I <laughs> I, I just can't because I'm thinking about what Tim said about how life yeah. is short and I spend more time looking at this screen than I do looking at that guy. Yes, you're right. You should turn around and uh, go play some video games or something with him. Cause that's yeah. what he does and rides his BMX. And uh, do you skateboard? Uh, no, I no? I scooter. Uh, you sco anything. Does I BMX basketball scooter. Nice. All at the same time. That's really impressive. That's really you know, impressive. I, I'd like to I, see that. It's I like a ride, band. Yeah. I ride, I put the scooter on the bike and then I hold the basketball and I shoot. Dream I want to see that. a video of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do a bunch of videos like that and we'll put them up in the whistle stop. We'll put them on the, uh, the fails. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you got, Carrie? You know what? It's the same thing I say all the time. It's like, just get involved. We, we were not involved and, uh, it's totally the weight on our shoulders. You know, three years ago, even four years ago, I had no, aspirations of being involved in politics at all i just went and did my voting every four years and i see the error of my ways and that's why i do silly stuff like this just to to educate people out there and and if that's the way that i can get involved then by all means so figure it out for yourself what you need to do to get involved maybe you're a really extrovert in your neighborhood go and knock on doors and uh, maybe have a potluck in your in your neighborhood or your community, but either way, just get out there and uh, and talk to people and get involved. So I think that's that's my statement for the day. There you go. Well, thank and you guys I, for hosting me tonight. It was really enjoyable. Thank you so much for coming out and uh, and spending the uh, hour and twenty minutes of your out of your life. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 always great. We always get a lot of uh, a lot of people. Uh, engaged uh and and again this lives on and on and on and on we we post this stuff on not only on facebook uh but we'll push it out to rumble and bit shoot and uh if you go under the chris and carry show.com which i should have a banner for i'll post that too um and then um you know if if you want by all means share that as well um okay, well. oh on that note I, I meant to do this at the beginning 
But please do us a favor. If you if you like these shows, if you find them valuable, yeah. like it, yeah. share it, follow the page, yeah. um, follow our, our Rumble and BitChute and all those channels. Just do whatever you can to keep our content up in the priorities because the more you watch it, the more other people will see it. And the more other people see our content, we maybe will reach some people and change some minds, which is extremely important these days. So please help us out by doing that. Uh, also, for those of you who are interested, our next shows will be possibly, I'm working on it tomorrow at 8 o'clock with somebody who you know, whose lay, name rhymes with, rhymes with Leighton Gray, um, discussing. That must be Mayton Ray. Mayton Ray, that's the one. You let the cat out of the bag. I actually just texted him to see if he could make it uh, tomorrow. But we're working on bringing him on to talk about Undrip along with another special guest. Okay. Uh, next week, I believe we will have somebody who you may know, Mr. Ezra Levant on oh, the yeah. Chris and Carrie show. Yeah. And then uh, possibly early next week, we'll have another guy who went to jail for standing up for himself and his family and for Canadians, for that matter, uh, by selling his wheat wherever he felt like it because it was his wheat to sell. So we got lots coming up. So keep your keep your eye on the on the Facebook page and uh, be ready for those when they come up. That is awesome. And uh, with that, I think we will end off. Uh, Chris, do you have any beer left? Yeah, it's probably warm now. <laughs> well, I'm going to say cheers to everybody. Tim's got his uh, bubble. My bubbly. His bubble. Cheers. cheers. What a manly drink. All right, yes. guys. Have a great hey, night. I'm glad I'm at school. Night, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Good night. Uh, and Tim. <laughs> yes. Thanks for actually doing something to be a leader. Um, we really appreciate it. And uh, I know that you're not doing this for, for money. I know that you're not doing it for fame. I know that your intentions are real. And uh, it means a lot to me and a lot of other people to know that there's people like you getting involved. So thanks. Well, Chris, thanks for all you've done. It yes. means a lot to me that you took that stand. My pleasure. Agreed. And he's still standing on, yes. on and on and on and on with, <laughs> yeah. his, with his court case. But yes. Anyways, have a great night, everybody. We'll see Good you night. again. Okay. Take care. Good night.